You're listening to Little Green Cheese, episode 98. Well, welcome back, curd nerds. I'm Gavin Webber, and... This podcast is where you can learn about cheese making at home. It's been a long time in between episodes, about a year, maybe a little bit more, but that's okay. These sorts of things are absolutely fine. Now, the subject that I wanted to talk about today were, or is, uh, YouTube cheese making channels. Now, specifically, uh, cheese making channels that absolutely dedicate themselves to just making cheese so there are lots of youtube channels out there that uh, do homesteading and other sorts of stuff but what i'm exclusively looking at are youtube channels that are just for cheese making so that has discounted some of the channels that i do watch but i chose today exclusive cheese making channels so we're going to be talking about the uh not the quality of videos but the range uh what you'll get out of the channel what i like about the channel in particular uh and the niche that it serves within the cheese making community so let's have a look at the first one first one's mine of course uh this is gavin weber or cheeseman.tv that'll take you to the uh the channel as well um so this one as I said, is mine. I've been doing it since. Let's have a look at the about tab. Uh, it has. Uh, I first joined YouTube in the twenty sixth of February two thousand and nine, uh, and I think I produced my first video in twenty ten. So I've been doing cheese making videos since twenty ten, and there's a whole range of videos there. I won't go into why I like mine. Obviously, I enjoy making the cheese making video tutorials. Uh, but it's all very good fun. Now, what I will do is leave the links to each of the channels that I describe in the show notes for the audio-only version. Um, so that's Gavin Webber. Another good one is, and these are in no specific order, is cheeseneeds.com. So this is run by Tracy Johnson out of um, uh, Prince George in uh, British Columbia, and uh, Tracy runs a cheese making shop just like I do. And uh, essentially, she uh, does lots of short videos and she does uh, uh, videos about, you know, different cheese makings, different types of cheese. She actually has a really uh, an amazing cheese and she does a lot of interviews. Uh, but one of her most amazing cheeses is uh, a style called yesterday's that she came up with herself which was really cool so yeah so that's tracy's channel cheeseneeds.com uh, and you can go and check that out and have a look at the link great cheese channel the next one is in french uh this one's chez fred or chez fred uh he is uh, a canadian cheesemaker and you can see there that uh Fred looks like quite a character. Everything's in French. So what what I do when I watch his videos is I basically 
uh, turn the English translation on. Uh, there is an auto translation, so uh, it's very cool feature in YouTube. Uh, so it's called uh, officially it's called Chaise Fred Fromagia Urbane, which I think means uh, Chaise Fred Home Cheesemaker, uh, and I will put a link to that in the show notes. So if you are multilingual uh, and can speak French as well or just want to see Fred's videos and translate them to English using the captions, the, uh, what's it called? Closed captions. Then, yeah, go and check that out. He's got some great stuff. Uh, and, uh, yeah, very entertaining, Fred is. I've actually, there's an interview with Fred on this channel. He speaks English as well. So on this channel, on the, on the, uh, on the podcast, uh, you can go and have a listen to uh, Fred uh, as well. Now, another very interesting channel is from uh, New Zealand, and this is called Cheese History. And this is uh, by a lady called Julia. Uh, and Julia does all the things about the history of cheese. Uh, she's got 41 videos under her belt, and they are meticulously researched. So really good um, cheesemaking uh, videos where she... She explains the history, where a cheese came from. Uh, and some of her um, recent ones, the uh, history of Gouda, or Gouda um, uh, early history of cheddar, uh, history of industrial cheddar, and um, history of Parmesan was a great video as well. So there's some fantastic videos that she's made, um, and they're all very well researched. And in the description of the videos, uh, she also puts all of her references. So I believe um, Julia's an academic, so uh, she's very uh, meticulous when it comes to putting the references from her videos. Uh, another one is Cheese 52. This is by Lisa. Uh, she's out of the US, I'm not sure where. Uh, but Lisa has been doing cheese making videos since 2018 she joined YouTube. Um, and she has quite a few uh, videos under her belt, some unique cheeses, um, some uh, easy to access, and her recipes are uh, interspaced uh, with uh, her cat. She makes cheese with her cat. The cat's not always in it. Uh, the cat's called Yum Yum, if I remember rightly. hope I got that right, Lisa. And yeah, she's got some fantastic cheese-making videos, all the standards that you would expect um, so yeah, she's got 38 videos on her channel and they're all pure cheese making videos. So worth a look, go and check out cheese 52. So the next one is, um, by Mary Ann and this channel is called give cheese a chance. Uh, Mary Ann's got 31 cheese making videos and they have some unique, uh, she has some unique cheeses that I've never seen before. Um, the one I watched recently was Akawi, which is a Middle Eastern cheese. Um, she's got videos on how to make calcium chloride. Uh, she's got uh, Belper cannoli and some other stuff. Uh, she's also got some um, uh, some interviews with uh, cheesemaking authors and cheesemakers as well, uh, which is all very interesting. So go and check out uh, Mary Ann over on Give Cheese a Chance. Last but not least, uh, Jennifer Merch. Uh, we've interviewed Jennifer on the channel. She started her channel in uh, 2022, so she's a newcomer. 
she's got uh, 64 videos on the channel and she does a lot of na a natural rind sort of cheeses. Uh, she has her own animals and uses a lot of raw milk. So uh, if you're into raw milk and natural rinds, that sort of stuff, go and check out uh, Jennifer. So her channel's called Jennifer Merch. Um, so I will leave a link to that in the description below. So they are some of my favorite uh, cheese making channels. Uh, they are, like I said, they're specifically purely just for cheese. And like I said, there are so many more others out there that do have cheese making recipes, uh, but they're not specific to the art of cheese making. So that is a brief look at some of the YouTube channels that I subscribe to, including my own, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll let you go and have a watch of those in your own time when you've got some time to uh, check them out on your mobile device or on your desktop. So what I'm going to do now is I've got some questions lined up and uh, these are from people who have sent me voicemails. So I've managed to capture those. And what we're going to do is we're going to play the question uh, similar to the old format of the show. And I'm going to answer the questions on the fly. So here's the first question. So let's play that one. Gavin, can you tell me where you purchased your brining uh, pot with the uh, spacer that holds the cheese down? I would like to know where to buy that. I've looked over the internet and I'm seeing gigantic briners, uh, big six gallon briners, but I don't see the one your size. Somehow I'd like to uh, have you a place uh, on uh, some social media site or in one of your videos, uh, something that would tell me where to purchase the briner. Thank you. Well, thanks, Don. Appreciate the uh, question. Now, the brining, brining, the brining box that I uh, use in all of my YouTube videos is uh, it's a microwave rice cooker, and actually, it's uh, two two different types of microwave rice cooker. Uh, it's made by Decor Australia. I don't think you can get it anymore, anyway. So, and the the little white plate that you see. Uh, me push the cheese down with is actually from a different container so uh, it was cost prohibitive to buy both and just make one thing out of it so the, the thing with brining cheese you don't need anything fancy I just use that one it's just convenient that's all you can just use any plastic tub put your brine in it the brine should be, should be saturated enough uh, at 18% that the cheese will float anyway and you will see a little bit of the cheese, the surface of the cheese protrude on top. Now, normal cheesemakers, commercial or artisan like us or home cheesemakers, all you do is sprinkle a little layer of salt on the top of that and you'll get salt absorption all the way around. And then at halfway through the brining time, all you do is flip the cheese over. You don't need to keep it submerged the whole time like mine one does. So you don't have to use a plastic tub. You can use a stainless steel pot um, you, at a pinch you could use an enamel pot um, but yeah just make sure that your brine's nice and clean uh, and if you have any funky smells coming off it then it's probably best to make a new batch 
So normally I pasteurize my brine before I use it and then let it cool back down to room temperature. And then when I do uh, the brining, when the cheese is in the brine, I put it back into the cheese fridge so it stays at about 13 degrees Celsius. That's where you get the best salt absorption, which funnily enough is the temperature that most cheeses like to mature at anyway. Just to finish off Don's question, you don't need anything special. Um, just follow my recommendations there and I don't think you'll have any trouble. Okay, on to the next question. Hello, Mr. Weber. My name is Douglas Spratt and I'm from the Vancouver area in British Columbia, Canada. And I have a question regarding waxing and the equipment needed for that. In your book, you mentioned about the need for a an approximately one liter uh, stainless steel pan, pot. And um, it doesn't give any reference to being a double border, but when I had a look at your uh, wax dipping uh, video, I noticed uh, that you had mentioned about using a double border. Could you please tell me how much you think this matters? In other words, uh, how important is the temperature control you note that the temperature should be close to 90 degrees Celsius. I know in cheese making, the temperature is critical. Is this something you've found um, or heard that most people can do without a double boiler on a gas stove with a regular dial? And I'm assuming that one would use a candy thermometer to check the temperature. Thanks very much for what assistance you can offer. Kind regards. Bye-bye. Well, thanks, Douglas. Appreciate the question. Um, so uh, the wax setup. So it, it is better to use a double boiler. So just get any stainless steel bowl that's going to fit over a, you know, a four litre or one gallon saucepan. Okay. And put your wax into the stainless steel bowl uh, above, you know, the, uh, so some steam will be created on the bottom of the bowl. That way you will also know that the temperature of the wax will not go over 100 degrees Celsius or 212 Fahrenheit. One of the things I've seen in, in a few cheese making videos where people just decide to make cheese and they apply the wax, they actually, they're directly heating the wax and it's smoking and it's crackling and popping. That's actually dangerous, it's very dangerous uh, because the wax could reach its flash point uh, and catch on fire. Uh, so I absolutely prefer to use a double boiler method by having the wax pot, the wax in a stainless steel pot or bowl sitting on top of a pan of water. And that way you know you're never going to really exceed about 90, 95 degrees Celsius for your wax. The reason we're heating it up that high is because uh, we want to kill any pathogens that may be in the wax. Uh, these can occur because if you do reuse your wax and wash the wax after you pull it off the cheese uh, and wash it in hot soapy water, you'll get most of the cheesy residue off. However, by heating it up to the uh, 90 to 95 degrees Celsius, uh, you know that all of those pathogens are going to be killed off before it gets put onto your cheese for a second or third or even you know fourth time, certainly reusing the wax. Just one thing when waxing your cheese, uh, you can mix colours, that's no big deal. You'll get some funky colours. I've got yellow wax, red, um, black wax in my cheese cupboard. 
Um, I tend to stick to the red because that's what I've got in my, my melting pot. But there are there's even a natural coloured one, one that doesn't have any dye in it. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can get all of those at good cheese making shops. But the essential thing is that the wax is all melted. I just use a dairy thermometer to check the temperature because dairy thermometers go up to 100 degrees Celsius or 212 Fahrenheit. Uh, you don't need a candy thermometer because you're not going to go past those temperatures. Uh, one last tip for waxing your cheese is that pop your cheese that you're going to wax into the freezer for 30 minutes. And this will cool down the surface of the cheese. And then when you dip it into the wax, the wax will instantly go hard on the surface of the cheese. And it makes it a lot easier to handle that waxed part if you're going to turn it and then dip it into the wax pot again. Uh, it also helps a heck of a lot if you're then if you're only say brushing the wax the liquid wax onto the cheese just make sure you've got some baking paper or some butcher's paper down uh, on your bench top because it does get a little bit messy uh, if you're brushing the wax on so Douglas hope that answers your question okay on to uh, question number three Hello, uh, Gavin. Um, it's Ruth Beardsley here. I have, um, I'd like to support you, but I found out that Patreon is deplatforming content creators that I like to listen to. So I have deleted my Patreon account. If there is another way of uh, me supporting you, please contact me. You should have my email from my new subscription. But I'm sorry, uh, I just can't support you via Patreon. All the best. Bye. Well, that was Ruth from the US. And uh, sorry to hear that you're not using Patreon uh, anymore, Ruth. But no big deal. There are other ways to support my channel and this podcast channel as well, uh, as well as the, you know, the audio version of the podcast. Uh, what you can do, and uh, it's fairly simple, is go to the YouTube channel and you'll see on the page just under the title banner of the page there's a join button uh, and if you do hit join there's lots of different options all the way from I've got it in Australian dollars on my screen um, but uh, from $2.99 Australian down to uh, a a very high tier called I've called old and bitey $40 a month now I don't have any members YouTube members at that that rate ranking however there's the choices there uh, and there's a whole bunch of perks that you get for each of the different levels depending on what your budget is so uh, out of that membership YouTube takes a cut of 30% for processing and what have you uh, and I get 70% of that revenue uh, unlike Patreon where I do have a Patreon account as well they take 5% for processing fees and I think I get 95% of the rest of it. So YouTube do take a little bit more, but that is a way of supporting the channel. Uh, that's, that's the Gavin Webber Cheese channel. Another way to support the channel, and you can do this on most YouTube channels these days, uh, and that is to do a super thanks, what's known as a th super thanks. So if you go into a video... So you can do a super thanks. I'll just uh, show, uh, so just under the, the video itself, uh, this 
So just under the video itself, you'll see a little button with a little heart and a dollar sign in it. And it says show support with super thanks. Uh, you don't have to be live to do this. You can do any time. I've never talked about this before on any channel. Um, but yeah, if people want to support on a per video basis, then you can simply use super thanks to do that. And it's, and it's very simple. You press the thanks button and you, there's a little slider bar. And you can do all the way up to $500 Australian and all the way down to $2. And you can type a little message in there and buy and send. And yeah, that, that, that's another way to support uh, the work that I do uh, on YouTube and the podcast. So when I think when I get to 1,000 subscribers on the podcast channel on YouTube, that uh, we use the audio for the audio version, uh, once I get to a thousand, I should be able to do memberships and super thanks and all that sort of stuff uh, on there, but it's going to take a while. Uh, so if you want to support me, support me on the main YouTube channel. Anyway, thank you, Ruth, for that question. Uh, the next question, uh, question number four, I think is from Susie. Hi, Gavin. This is Susie from the United States, and I have a cheese question. I am making some cheese today, and I'm in the cooking the curd stage, and I'm wondering if when I dilute the curd with warmer water or hot water, um, if after that I can still use that way to make ricotta later, or if that way at that point is too diluted and I should just drain it out and throw it away. Um, I'd appreciate an answer. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, thanks, Susie, for that question. Yeah, very simple one. Uh, no, you can't use the washing water uh, if you're making a washed curd cheese, like, say, Colby, for instance. Uh, you can't use that. It's too diluted. There's no hardly any proteins in it whatsoever. You can use the way that you dipped off initially, though, uh, and depending on how big the batch was, uh, depends on the yield of the ricotta that you're going to get. So yes, definitely you can use that first amount of whey you've dipped off, but don't use the subsequent washed, diluted water um, from when you're making a washed curd cheese. It just, you won't get anything out of it. So hope that helped. I know that was a very simple one, but uh, yeah, great fun. Well, I must say it's it's great to get back onto the podcast. Nice and simple to make. I'm going to keep these under 30 minutes unless I do an interview with another cheesemaker, which we do do quite a bit on the channel. Yeah, watch for that. It's, uh, it's always good fun. And I'm hoping now I've got it all set up and nice and easy that we can release uh, the audio and video version of the Little Green Cheese podcast uh, every single week. So thanks for watching and listening, Curd Nerds. You can find my cheese making video tutorials over on my channel. Just go and look for cheeseman.tv or search in YouTube for Gavin Webber. You can get your cheese making kits and supplies over at littlegreenworkshops.com.au. We ship internationally to most countries at reasonable shipping rates. You can also learn how to make cheese in uh, a structured manner over at the Curd Nerd Academy. 
just go to courses.littlegreenworkshops.com.au. I've got a beginner's cheese course and a blue cheese course and we're currently working on a white mould cheese course. If you'd like a personalised message for me, you can book me via Cameo. So stay tuned for the next exciting episode of the Little Green Cheese podcast. During this episode, you heard royalty-free music by Kevin McLeod. I played Malt Shop Bop and Call to the Dairy Cows. Until next time, thanks for watching and listening, Curd Nerds. And I'll see you next time.